Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist to those business news articles that we cover on this podcast. My name is Nasser Pasha. Terrible. My name is Matt Stahl. <laughs> I'm trying to be uh, descriptive to the uh, thing that we've been doing for the past year and a half now. That was straight up typical attorney talk right there. Just way too many words to get to a conclusion. (laughs) I fall into that trap too in my contract drafting, depending upon my mood. Sometimes I want to try to impress with my writing skills. Yeah. I always remember if anyone's seen your art of contracts presentation, how you've take a huge paragraph and boil it down (laughs) to like a couple words more or less. That's classic. Yeah. I enjoyed that. You know what I don't enjoy is price discrimination, though. I hate price discrimination. Yeah. We should talk about that. Yeah. Well, I guess we can talk about it. People might be surprised that in some cases what they would label price discrimination might be acceptable. I guess it just depends on what their definition of price discrimination is. But there is a way it can be seen, I guess, as legal. And really, this is getting back to my economics courses that I took many years ago. We're looking at perfect versus imperfect price discrimination. So what does that mean? It's basically if you're a business and someone comes to you, whatever price they're willing to pay is what you should feasibly charge, I guess is is how I look at it. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And imperfect is going to be what's seen as acceptable that for different locations, for example, or different ages, you can charge different prices. So in an ideal world, as a business owner, you would like to see perfect price discrimination or pure price discrimination because you're just getting the maximum amount of money someone's willing to pay, but that's not seen as acceptable. It's the imperfect price discrimination, meaning charging different prices based on some sort of differentiation is going to be seen as acceptable. So basically somewhat similar to what's it called? Supply and demand, right? Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Why did you just say that? I've been waiting here for so anyway. <laughs> no, I'm just I mean, it is, yes, somewhat supply and demand, but I think one way to look at it is, you know, charging different prices based on, you know, so San Diego, for example, they're going to charge higher prices than somewhere in rural, you know, Utah and different ages. So if you go to the movies and you and I might be charged the highest price, there might be children or seniors that get charged a lower price. That's messed up. <laughs> That's discrimination. That's messed up. <laughs> so an example of this price discrimination, so-called, is that Staples, what they do if they're online prices, if you as a consumer are shopping from a location that has a lot of competitors, you know, Office Depot, et cetera, then your prices may be lower, you know, if you're in a location, maybe a rural area that doesn't have as many competitors. And so that's the kind of price discrimination we're talking about. You know, in general, I think it's been accepted that price discrimination is legal, whether it's ethical or not. I mean, to me, it's the aspect of, you know, charging as high of a price you can for those that can afford it. And, you know, I think everyone's in that kind of boat is you you charge as much as you can, but it just depends upon what you're selling. You know, if you're selling bottled water to people that are trying to leave a disaster area, that's one thing. Yeah. Or gas prices, or if you're just providing some service where, you know, you want to 
charge as much as you can because you're really good at what you're doing, then that's a different thing. Yeah, and I think I have problem with the word discrimination because on the imperfect side of it, it's an imperfect price discrimination. It's not, I mean, yeah, you're charging different people different prices, but you're not necessarily discriminating against them in the in the general sense. Yeah, so like in the Staples example, you'd be discriminating against maybe their location. And when it comes to the legalities of this, in general, Obviously, if you're discriminating based upon any kind of protected class, and it's the same same aspects of discrimination of every other analysis, so race, religion, things like that, obviously I think everyone understands and that's pretty easy to grasp that that's illegal. But yeah. what happens when you know Google is collecting all this information on you and now because they know somehow that you as an individual can afford or more likely to pay a higher price because of your age, because of your location, because of your spending habits, because of, you know, what things you like on Facebook, is that type of price discrimination okay? I don't think that's okay, but I like I said, I still don't view that as discrimination, but that's kind of what's happening. Or not kind of, that is what's happening. So for example, I need to fly somewhere. So I look up a flight and I don't end up booking anything. And then a week later, I look it up again. There's the data stored in there, the cookies or things like that. Keep my previous search and somehow it quotes me a higher price because it knows that, oh, I must be serious about it if I've come back and searched it a second time, which is <laughs> pretty unfortunate and something I oftentimes forget because just the nature of me booking flights, I go it on there. And if I see a price that's good, I just do it and, and don't think about it. That's probably the reason I accidentally booked a flight on my recent trip that I ended up not even having getting to go on because I <laughs> got the day wrong. But yeah, I, I guess they tell you to, you know, clear your cash or go from a different computer, or don't log in and all that stuff to check the prices first. And, you know, a lot of times too, the differences are slight. It'll be like 10, 15 bucks, sometimes more. You know, it's, it's not going to be something crazy from at least from my personal experience. I'm sure there's bigger examples, but, you know, it's, it's it's that same thing, you know, when you go to the grocery store and they may overcharge you a dollar here, a dollar there. But in the bigger scheme of things, it may not be a big deal. But then that adds up in, in the aggregate. And and frankly, I mean, that's all about data mining and the use of big data. And I think that's why Google is in the forefront of this kind of controversy. And I think also why the FTC and similar regulatory bodies are trying to move towards what are called clear transparency. I have it right here. Algorithmic transparency. Based I don't think it's clear transparency because then you're can <laughs> canceling like, each other I, out. I think it's oblique transparency or <laughs> clouded transparency. No, the concept being is that, okay, if you have this algorithm or whatever, at least be a little transparent with it. But I mean, the FTC can say that, but where's the rub? Where's the where's the actual illegal act? Is treating one consumer differently than the other consumer allowed? And so far, the, the law pretty much allows that unless it's a discriminatory reason. In fact, the only times that price really is regulated are things when it gets to antitrust or anti-competitive activities. Like, for example, if you're a distributor, you guys have experienced this where you know, setting minimum prices or even you know, the prices amongst between multiple distributors is, is somewhat regulated if the reason for the price adjustments is to kind of cut out the competition. So that's not what's going on here, though. 
or like price collusion where you have a group of gas stations, for example, and you all agree to charge a higher price together and the customers suffer. Yeah. Or undercutting. And I like that stuff. It's pretty interesting, but that's not the same thing that's going on here. And flights or movies, that's one thing, but like this, this data, data usage, big data is, that's a whole nother subject. And I think it's, it's going to become a pretty, it already is kind of a big story. I think it's going to come to the forefront in terms of an even bigger story and charging higher prices to people who can pay those higher prices in terms of the data usage. That's right. That's why the FTC has gotten involved. And when that happens, it's usually something bad, but yeah, I, I can, I can definitely see the FTC getting more involved and you know, legislation coming down the way. Luckily, from from a small, medium-sized business perspective, a lot of them aren't working with big data, except since technology is so accessible nowadays, especially on the web, you can easily set it up so that if you're selling something online that you have different prices for different things, whether you're people that come from Facebook, you can automatically increase the price versus somebody that, you know, goes directly to your site. And it's very easy to kind of track those kinds of things. And it's not a coincidence that Google has a chief economist, you know, to actually, and that's who's kind of communicating or, or being quoted in some of these price discrimination articles is him basically saying is, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying to get the best price for somebody. And from Google's perspective, it's their data that they're trying to sell and trying to utilize for third party uh, vendors. Do you view that as worse or the same as, you know, as charging people different prices based on location. I mean, just, just kind of looking at from, you know, client's perspective and especially in the service industry, right? Just think some, of something simple. When you have a, a carpenter that goes to a home, a person with that's in a wealthy area and a wealthy home, even if it's the same thing, it's expected that they're going to raise the price a little bit because they can afford it. And now the question is, some people may say that's unethical. I'm not sure if I'm one of those one of those persons, but if you have no problem with that, then you shouldn't have any problem with that expanded elsewhere in the sense where you discriminate based upon location, based upon this and that. At the end of the day, I see it as, well, you're not increasing it, but you're giving a break to those that can't afford it. And so you're actually lowering the price for others rather than you're saying you're raising the price for others. What do you think? It's an interesting way to look at it. If you're selling something that is part of a necessity, whether it's, you know, healthcare or like I said, water and gas, you have to, you have to be careful with that because if someone needs it, then you can, then there's a, there's an option of ex exploitation, but especially in the service aspect, I think price, you know, supply and demand has a play into that. And, you know, you're trying to do business. You must be a big fan of Robin Hood, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. I'm actually more of a sheriff. What's his name? Nottingham? I don't, that's Peter Pan, right? No, that's not Peter Pan. But I'm more of the sheriff guy. I like just taking money from everybody <laughs> and keeping it. Yeah, we all know. We all know that's the case. <laughs> and discriminating when they ask to you know, buy stuff from me. Like I said, I don't, I don't like the word discrimination in this sense. It's more, it's like pricing strategy or just economics is how I view this. Yeah, you're right. Because discrimination implies that it's, you know, you're discriminating, that it's wrong. And look, I, I can see the argument from an ethical perspective that you have one set product and you have to sell the, that product to the same, you know, to everyone equally. But to me, that doesn't make sense. You know, at the least, you, most people would agree that if, if you sell 100 products versus one product to one person, you would lower the price, okay? Because there's a, economies of scale. But the same reason is, is, is why can't you do the same thing and for, for other factors as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. 
there's precautions in place for when pricing is illegal, like like we mentioned before, and I'm definitely fine of that too. But if business wants to charge two people different prices based on something, like you said, that's not a necessity, like water or food, then, you know, there's bigger fish to fry. To me, it's just about exploitation. You know, a common thing that I think is wrong is, for example, in the subprime market, of what happened in 2007 and, and, and before, or any kind of mortgages, when lower class poor individuals are routinely being offered products that are inferior for the same credit scores as other people, and yet they're not having access to those same products, that's a problem, right? Yeah. And, and, and statistically, they've shown that. They've shown in areas where you have person A in one neighborhood of a certain race, and person B in, an, in another neighborhood of a different race, same credit score, same everything on paper, yet they're offered an inferior product mm-hmm. and a more expensive product. That's that's a problem because that's a that's a clear sign of exploitation, right? Where everything else, I mean, there's I think there's some leeway there. Obviously, it can be everything can be taken to an extreme. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. I'm pretty sure you're just like another sheriff like me. <laughs> I'm Robin Hood. Sheriff Rotting, Nottingham, I think it is. I think Rottingham was the, the parody on Robin Hood Men in Tights, right? Nottingham? I don't know. Anyway, someone can correct me. Robin Hood. I think I was thinking of Never Ever Land for Peter Pan when you said Nottingham. That Yeah, that is definitely uh, Peter Pan. Let's see. Nottingham. Nottingham. Yeah, okay. Is it? Sheriff of Nottingham. You're correct. I, that's who I am, so of course I'm correct. I should know. <laughs> Good job. Okay, that's our price discrimination piece for the day. So we decided not to price discriminate, right? Oh, we're charging people different prices to listen to this episode. So at the end of the day, we did. Yeah. If you got it for free, you're one of the lucky ones. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.